Exploring Chiropractic, Episode 4-0, University of Bridgeport with Eric Frasina Dio. Hey, are you studying for boards or an upcoming final exam? Let me tell you about True Brain, the world's most tested productivity drink. It's a daily beverage with all the nutrients you need to perform at your peak while in school and is designed to improve focus, mental endurance, verbal fluency. It's been tested with Neurotech by UCLA scientists. I've been using it to study for boards and I love it. It helps build mental endurance by delivering more of the raw materials that are burned up by the brain during periods of high stress, high workload, low sleep, exactly what you experience before board exams. So it's got cool stuff. Paracetam, oxyracetam, L-theanine. Look this stuff up if you haven't heard of it. Carnitine and citicoline are the, the nutrients that your brain burns up as you're studying all day, all night. You've got to replenish it, and True Brain will do it for you. Check it out, exploringchiropractic.com slash T-R-U brain. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Exploring Chiropractic. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Cashin, and this episode continues our journey through the chiropractic colleges of North America. Don't worry if you had not heard of University of Bridgeport, because I hadn't either. It is located in Connecticut. But let me tell you, I believe in the next few years it will be at the forefront of progressive and evidence-based chiropractic. My guest, Eric Fresinadeo, is a fifth semester student hoping to continue on through the VA residencies. I hope you enjoy this episode of Exploring Chiropractic. Lots of people have stories about how they got into chiropractic. I have a feeling yours is not quite the same. So why did you choose chiropractic? So um, when I first started college, I planned to go into medicine, traditional medicine, allopathic medicine. Um, now, I finished up my first four years of school. Um, I did did well enough, took my MCAT, was prepared to enter enter school and uh, enter med- medical school. And um, I, I suffered an accident at work. I had uh, I, I'd always had chronic low back pain, but I had a slip and fall at work um, and I had severe, severe pain. Um, I went to see multiple physicians uh, prescribing me uh, multiple medications, um, none of which fixed me. Um, they would mask the pain, um, often putting me in a stupor. And, uh, I just simply wasn't able to work at the capacity that I wanted to work at. Um, so I took a little bit of time off. Um, I, uh, was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I, I moved to, uh, um, Alabama with my wife and got my master's degree in health education. Um, while I was there, um, I met a chiropractor who, um, I worked for at his coffee shop actually. And, uh, you know, wait, wait, a chiropractor owned the coffee shop as well. Yes. Right. It was right next door. Interesting. Did he own the whole building? No, no. He, he rented both of the, uh, the spaces. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I began to be treated by, um, by this, uh, chiropractor and, you know, my, my pain was significantly relieved. I was able to move more than I, than I was before. Um, and this is after having, you know, minor radiothermal ablation, uh, surgery on my back. This is after, you know, multiple tries at PT. Um, and I finally found something that worked, you know, without drugs. Um, it was, it was whole body. He was, um, constantly paying attention to the patient. It was a very patient centered approach. Um, and that really appealed to me. 
So at, th- at that moment, I decided, how about chiropractic? And I began looking at uh, different schools. Cool. So he found your subluxations, cleared you, the innate int- intelligence was flowing. <laughs> so chiropractic is the miracle cure. Is that what you That's, what you came to believe? Uh, so originally, yes. Um, that was uh, that was sort of his doctrine. Um, he was very traditional. Um, as I began looking for chiropractic schools, delving more into the research, because I I came from a very science heavy background at the University of South Florida. Um, I worked in a neuroscience laboratory. Um, I was able to be published a few times. It was it was a great experience. Well, what was your undergrad? Uh, I did my bachelor's in biomedical sciences with minors in biomedical physics and business. Um, okay. And uh, so I really wanted in looking into chiropractic and seeing a lot of the drawbacks to the profession and the science of chiropractic. Um, I wanted to go to an evidence-based school, um, which was very much opposing the doctor who was treating me, who, who pushed me towards chiropractic, very much opposed his viewpoints. Um and did he recommend a school to you when he found out you wanted he did. to go? He was actually a Life 1000 uh, uh, participant. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I know it's uh, a group of doctors who, who try to uh, bring patients to Life University. Oh, I hadn't, I haven't actually heard of Life 1000. I've heard that there are a lot of um, kind of programs, maybe not formal, especially at Life mm-hmm. West. There's a, uh, there's a guy down in, actually in San Diego, I believe, who will actually rent a limo. And take people up to Life West wow. for their weekend orientation kind of thing. Um, interesting. Okay, so he was recommending life in yes. Georgia. Um, and like I said, that very much opposed my viewpoint and where I wanted to go. I, I love the idea of integrative medicine. Um, I, you know, I grew up in the hospital. My mother works in the hospital system. Um, and I, I really truly believe that chiropractors and medical practitioners, you know, PTs, MDs, DOs, we can all work together as a team. Um, an interdisciplinary approach and help patients get better, you know, with and without meds. You know, it, it's really, we need to be patient focused, patient centric rather than doctor centric. And I, and that was kind of my issue with, um, traditional chiropractic approach. So when you wanted to find an evidence-based school, what did that mean? What were you looking for? So I was looking for a school, which, um, Basically, uh, did not use the term subluxation a lot in their um, catalog. That was one of the first things I looked at. Um, I also looked at schools who had uh, rotations during their um, during school where you could do rotations in interdisciplinary um, programs, such as uh, you know UBCC. We're able to rotate through the VA, through uh, community health centers. Um, uh, the other school that I looked at very uh, very intently was National. Uh, they have a satellite campus in Florida, which is actually, uh, I have family in Florida. So that was, that was the only other draw was, was national, um, at that time, at least. Was that a hard decision to say, I've got family here, uh, I can be close to family. That's where I should go. Yeah. It was actually a very difficult decision. My wife, when we moved to, uh, moved here to Connecticut was seven months pregnant. So, um, this was a very, we deliberated quite a bit on, on which school to go to, but in terms of the opportunities that I would have in terms of de- like developing relationships in the interdisciplinary approach, um, this was the best option. And, uh, you know, lucky for me, I have a, a pretty decent uh, woman in my life who, who, who agreed. Um, and that, that's what brought me here really. 
Very cool. Uh, I haven't been to, to Bridgeport. It only came up on my radar while I was in school. I thought I had learned about all of the schools. Uh, in North America, there's 18, including uh, the one in Canada. Um, so is it a young, is it a new school? I, I guess give me a little bit of an overview. Yeah, so UBCC. If I remember correctly, um, UBCC is the first uh, university um, which integrated a chiropractic program in it. Um, I believe it was in 1990. Um, Dr. Frank Zali, who is uh, still currently teaching, actually started the program here. Um, this was a big step for chiropractic in terms of in terms of integrating in the uh, you know traditional university system in the U.S. Um, and uh, so it started in 1990. It started uh, as you know more of a traditional chiropractic school. Over the past 10 or so years, it's taken a more science-based, more evidence-based approach in terms of uh, integrating care and um, what it teaches its students, which is what really drew me here. So it originally was a university like any other college or university you would go to, but they brought on a chiropractic college as part of that. Yeah, I believe the university has been around since the 50s. Um, It was actually, uh, the university was founded in part, some of the lore associated with it was with a, a, a land grant from P.T. Barnum. Oh, yeah. really? From the, the circus. And there's a new movie coming out about yes. them uh, with the Wolverine I, actor. Um, I can never I remember his name. name either. <laughs> I don't know why. Hugh Grant. No. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah, a new movie coming out um, about P.T. and Barnum and how the circus started. Um, that's so interesting. So were they started the university or their original funders of the, of the university? What was the connection? From what I've heard, it was simply a land grant, um, that was given to got the it, university okay. to, to kind of have a, a spot. Cause it's, it's on a very beautiful piece of land. It's overlooking the uh, Long Island Sound actually. Oh, nice. This is one of the questions I like to ask when you arrive to school in the morning, what is the first thing you see? I, you, well, in order to arrive to the school, you do have to drive through uh, up, up through 95 or through downtown Bridgeport, which I have to say is a little bit rougher. It's, you know, it's a old um, factory town, which obviously in the U.S., most factory towns have, have taken a big hit. Um, so, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's not the best, most beautiful place to drive through. Once you do get into campus, um, you can see, you know, the Long Island Sound. Uh, it's great to take walks through, you know, the wooded area into the uh, towards the shore. It's 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 a beautiful place. It really is. And they've done a lot to uh, keep it up in recent years. Is there on campus housing for chiropractic students? Uh, it's not chiropractic specific. There is uh, graduate housing because um, they have, you know, master's programs, Ph.D. programs here at UB. Um, and we do have uh, students, chiropractic students who do live on campus. If a student is coming out of high school and knows they want to do chiropractic, does the university offer a track where they can start their undergrad and go straight through the program and finish chiropractic? So I believe they have a pre-chiropractic program, which allows you to kind of filter right in. Uh, but I believe you also do have to apply just as anybody else would um, to get into the chiropractic mm-hmm. program. Um, as with yeah, as with most other programs, it's a 90-hour minimum. Although I think like 95 plus percent of uh, the people who come into the chiropractic program already have the bachelor's degree. So it wouldn't be really any different than going to a university of your choosing, no. uh, not an accelerated track. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting though, that you, 
you're still on campus with students of all different majors, even graduate students. Is there much interaction or is the chiropractic program completely separate from those other healthcare so students? We do have, our, we have our own buildings that we, we frequent um, in terms of the classes and where we kind of hang out. Um, but we do get to see them in the halls. Um, we do also have a naturopathic program at UB as well as a physician's assistant program and a nursing program at UB. Mm. Um, so it's really kind of neat to see. We have almost the exact or a very similar curriculum to the PA students in terms of the first few years. Um, same professors learning the, you know, the exact same lectures. So we get to see them in the halls and interact uh, to a small extent. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a pretty intense program. We usually keep to ourselves. So you were looking for an evidence-based school. You chose UBCC. Has it lived up to that decision? You're, you're now halfway through the program. Right. Um, you know, I think it has. Um, I have gotten to know uh, many of the professors uh, very well, working on research projects and just being in class and, and talking afterwards. And um, it has, in terms of uh, the people I've talked to who have attended other schools, it has met or surpassed my expectations. Um, I still think there is work to be done in terms of uh, kind of hammering down a curriculum for a, a truly 100% evidence-based school, which I don't think can happen if, if we're really getting down to, to, to brass tacks. Um, but I think we need to push for that. I, I, I think pushing for that at an educational level can bring that into the mainstream. Why don't you think that can happen? Well, simply because there's not the right now there's not the funding in chiropractic to uh, develop the research that we need to make each and every intervention that chiropractors bring to patients evidence based. You know, in addition, the placebo effect is real. Uh, there, there, there's value in the placebo effect. If we're taking you know the bio biopsychosocial model uh, approach to this, which you know Dr. Don Murphy talks about a lot in his, his Chris book, um, you know. You don't need to be 100% um, evidence-based as long as you are taking into account both, you know, doctor expertise, doctor ex expertise, and patient values. Um, and I really think that's what we as as chiropractors can do because we do spend more time with our patients on average than most medical doctors from from at least the surveys that I've seen. So I'm assuming you know a fair amount about the history of chiropractic. Actually, I should, I should ask, does UBCC teach courses on chiropractic philosophy and history? Uh, yes. We, uh, the, the, is that part of the it curriculum? Is, uh, although I think it, the reason it's part of the curriculum is because it has to be for the boards. You know, it's, it, it's on the boards. Um, so it is part of the curriculum. We learn it just like any other school. I don't think it is heavily stressed. Um, they really try to get us um, into, you know, the hard sciences right away. Um, I want to say there's three, two to three classes on that, that are, I guess, philosophy based or history based chiropractic uh, classes. So it's more of a history rather Correct. than teaching. Do you have to memorize the 33 principles? No, actually, that's referenced uh, maybe once in one lecture. <laughs> yeah, I find that so interesting that. That's a huge difference in a lot of the schools is they they all teach philosophy, quote unquote. Um, but there's a difference between whether it's a history 
of chiropractic and whether it's truly talking about the philosophy and incorporating into that that into the treatment of what you are doing to a patient. So knowing the history of chiropractic, do you feel that that chiropractic can become an evidence-based healthcare model or do you feel like it's kind of um beholden to that history that 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 philosophy needs to remain um i think we're always going to be be beholden to it to an extent um but i do think we can enter mainstream healthcare and i think that needs to be that's what i would like to see the push um in 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 us i mean if you simply look at you know the medical profession or the osteopathic profession you know the medical profession was was founded on the four humors the osteopathic profession was founded on the osteopathic lesion they have taken the evidence, expanded it, and built upon it to develop, you know, what it is today. Um, you know, their their healthcare models, their their system of, of medicine. Um, and I think the chiropractic profession can do the same thing. Um, I think there is a big divide in in the profession of chiropractic in terms of how much we need to incorporate of the philosophy of the history of chiropractic. Um, and I think that is a you know an issue that both the ACA and the ICA are, are taking big stands against uh, both currently and in the future. And I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah, there has been a bit of a shift there, uh, a bit of a more a, a clear delineation um, on that stance. Um, but I'm curious because you've, you've mentioned that you want that you believe the chiropractor can be integrated within the medical model. How do you see the role of a chiropractor when they're working right next to a PT, an MD, a DO, where three of the four, if not all four, have the ability to do spinal manipulation or adjustment, um, and the chiropractor and the PT have a lot of overlap in rehab, in physical therapy modalities? So what's the role of a chiropractor in that So in that I, model? I think it all comes down to proper triage. Um, you know, when, when we look at patients, when they come in, you need to, to determine, is this an internal disorder? Is this a uh, neurological disorder, a muscular disorder? Um, I think that chiropractors have the best education in terms of basic neuromuscular um, disorders. And I think that is where we can really shine. Um, I, I love the idea of the uh, primary uh, spine practitioner that, again, Dr. Donald Murphy talks mm -hmm. about a lot. Um, but I think uh, talking to Dr. Lehman, um, who is at UB as well and has developed the Community Health Center project um, in which we actually uh, we, we do work hand in hand with with MDs um, in a, uh, a community health center. And, you know, these uh, the patients that come in are triaged by, you know, the medical doctor. And if it is determined that it is a, um, a muscular disorder or a, uh, a spine disorder that's not, you know, neurological or doesn't need uh, surgical intervention, they are referred to the chiropractic physician on site. Um, you know, this is a model that that's in the literature as well as, you know, the VA model, which is uh, seen quite a bit in the literature right now. And both of those show that chiropractic not only uh, helps patient outcomes, but it's cost effective. Um we, we reduce the amount of surgeries that are needed. Um, we're able to get patients better without prescribing them potentially addictive drugs, which in the long term, if you look at the, the health and cost impact of, you know, drug addiction in the U.S., not only in the VA, but in the general population, it's astronomical. 
And if we can even take a small pocket of that and keep them away from these, you know, harmful and addictive medications, um, you know, we've done our job. And I think that's where our role really lies. Sometimes I, I, I agree with you and I, and I'm a fan of the primary spine practitioner model. Um, but sometimes I wonder what the role is, uh, next to these other physicians who can do so much of the same as well as so much more. I mean, with doctor physical therapy, they can pretty much do the same thing as far as I understand it as a chiropractor. Um, uh, and what, you know, a doctor of osteopathy, sure. Their manipulation may be a bit different. Um, I'm not sure how much, I don't know how much that matters. So, uh, as a chiropractor in that model, would you simply be adjusting? Would you do some of the PT modalities and rehab? How, how do you envision so, that? I mean, that's tough for me. I have not done clinical rotations through either the VA or committee health center. I don't mm. know exactly how they're implemented. Um, but I agree with you. I think we do the very similar modalities to the PT. Um, as far as uh, a DO, um, I think it's very different. I have friends who are in DO school and who are out of DO school right now. You know, their their uh, exposure to manipulation is a um, two credit hour elective. Um, that is their exposure. Mm. Now, of course, there's there's extra courses they can take after they graduate and things. But I think our direct competition truly is the PT, is the physical therapist. And you know, the issue in that lies, we have a our education um, is different from a PT in terms of the amount of differential diagnosis that we get in terms of um, the amount of basic sciences we get, at least from the physical therapists that I've talked to and students I've talked to. Um, and I think that's where we're, we can really shine. Once uh, a patient comes in and we see they have a neuromuscular uh, disorder. So you mentioned that you have not yet started clinical rotations. Is that right? Okay. Um, but I, I imagine as a student, you've been in the clinic. So what has your experience been like? So I have been in the student clinic. Um, that's what during our sixth semester um, we began, uh, you know, treating um, other students. You know, they kind of get assigned to us. We go in. Um, I've had a very good experience so far with uh, my student student clinicians, and I know I'm going to get flack if any of my professors listen to this because we're not supposed to use that term. I don't believe while they're while they're in student clinic. What um, term are you supposed but, to use? You know, I don't even remember. It is an odd term that I don't remember exactly what it is supposed to so be. So they, they're not a not they're not a student. Do you say student clinician until they're actually seeing patients from outside of the school? I I, I believe so. There's there, there there's some because we are associated with the university. We there are some pretty stringent guidelines and verbiage that we yeah, have to yeah, use yeah. to stay within um within certain things. Uh, in addition, we. We do have some trouble getting, um, you know, on-site uh, seminars because we cannot treat on campus. There's no treatment seminars. Allowed. Oh, really? So you can't um, have like mm -hmm. SFMA or or motion palpation Correct. come to campus. That all has to be off campus. Oh, wow, that's kind of a bummer. That is that. The, you know, if I had to say there was one drawback to the school, that would probably be it. Um, we either have to travel up to NYCC or go to an offsite location, perhaps in a hotel. Um, but the university uh, cannot take the liability in terms of um, these on patient or on site treatment seminars. Um, but wait, but is the student clinic on site? 
Are you able to treat your other students and practice adjusting? We are. Okay. Once it, correct. Yeah. Once we get six semester, we are able to treat um, other students. Um, I've had some really good experiences so far, you know, obviously with my chronic low back pain, uh, not to mention the fact that I tore my ACL during my first year of chiropractic oh, school. Um, How did that happen? We actually did the. Oh, gosh, it's not even a good okay. story. Um, so I, my, my dog actually is, uh, leash pulled out from my hand in the snow. I chased after my dog, uh, ended up um, stepping into a, a small divot, tried to plant my knee when it, uh, my foot went a little uh, valgus, and I just tore the heck out of my ACL. It was a full tear. I had to have surgery, and I actually did my rehabilitation on site in the student okay. clinic. And did that turn out well? It turned out quite well. Um, I still have intermittent issues here and there, and I could probably hit the gym a little bit more than I currently do, but it's going well so okay. far. Interesting. Uh, I'm curious what other, if you can't do seminars, are there other extracurricular opportunities like clubs and maybe sports teams? Yes. Yeah, there are. So because it's a university, we have all the traditional intramurals that you would have at a, at a large university, um, you know, soccer, basketball, uh, football, um, I think there's a few others too. Um, so we do have a, a almost every uh, semester has their own team for each of those uh, that some of the students participate in. Um, we also have, of course, you know, student ACA. Um, we have a sports sports council. Um, I actually tried to get started a journal club uh, during my second semester. Mm. Um, and due to some time constraints, it's it's kind of been in and out. <laughs> Uh, but we're hoping to get that we're hoping to get that started again um, this this upcoming semester. Yeah, that, that was the club I tried um, to start, and it was I wouldn't say a flop, but it, yeah, it was it kind of came and went. Yeah, that that's kind of how it is. Yeah, that's funny. That's a um, it's it's very much a challenge. Um, we have a pretty tight schedule, um, which does kind of make it difficult for a lot of the students, particularly the ones that live uh, off campus, which almost everyone does. Um, it makes it difficult for them to participate. Um, we're in class almost from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Thursday um, with a break for lunch. Um, and then Fridays are 8 to noon usually. Um, so somebody like me, I live in New Haven, which is about 20 miles away, um, and have you know a wife and a son at home, I, I'm usually just heading straight mm-hmm. out. Unless, unless there's a meeting during lunch, uh, I don't get to do too many extracurriculars. But a lot of my fellow students do, um, and we have quite a rivalry between the uh, different semesters in terms of the sports teams. Very cool. Uh, I'm curious about the the clubs or maybe um, the chiropractic-specific clubs. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it seems that each school kind of has their, their fad or their trend. So at my school, it was really the rehab club. I mean, I'd say it was the journal club, but that wasn't true. It was, it was you know, the rehab <laughs> club. Uh, I think down at Life West, at least recently, it's been – you know, the adjusting ninjas, what, what's the big popular club to be a part of? Um, you know, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, the one that has the most participation is probably, um, SACA, um, the student ACA, uh, just getting together and trying to get, because if I remember correctly, uh, SACA is the one who bring, they bring in speakers, um, every few weeks, um, you know, we get speakers coming from all over the country, um, to come and give, presentations to the students in terms of, you know, what they do in clinical practice. We've had, uh, I don't remember his name. He was the chiropractor for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. Um, We've had just numerous, numerous uh, 
chiropractors who have come in and, and talked to us. Um, and that is a really, uh, really cool experience. It's always nice to get different, um, opinions and mindsets. And, you know, we, we even try to get some of the, uh, you know, the ICA, the, the philosophy based doctors to come in, um, because that is very, very different from sort of philosophy that, that our school has. And it's, it's always interesting having them come in and the different types of questions that, that get thrown around by the students. You also have had, um, some, some uh, panel discussions recently that have been broadcast mm-hmm. on yeah. Facebook Live. And I found those really interesting because one was about the primary spine practitioner kind of model. Um, mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see that there was a pretty healthy debate from the philosophy and the more evidence-based or progressive side. Were you able to participate in those? I was able to watch it. Um, in terms of participation, I, that was uh, that was limited to um, the, the the practicing mm-hmm. DCs or the, or the licensed DCs. Um, but it was it was a I agree it was a really really neat discussion. Um, we in terms of um, you know University of Bridgeport College of Chiropractic employees, um, you know we definitely favor the the evidence based primary spine practitioner uh, model more than the 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 subluxation based traditional um straight chiropractor model um but i think it was a healthy debate and it was a good debate for a lot of the students to see um just to kind of reaffirm their own beliefs you know wherever they may lie um so this is actually something that we're going to be continuing this year in terms of these panel discussions um you know bringing different chiropractors from from the area and from from all over to you know, further this discussion, because these are the conversations that need to be had on an open forum so that, you know, the rest of the world can see what chiropractic can do in in the direction we're going to be uh, heading, hopefully, in the future. That's great. So what are your plans for the future? Are you hoping to uh, do a clinic rotation with the VA, maybe do an internship or a clerkship at the VA, and then a residency? Yeah, uh, actually, yes. So my, my goal is to um, do the rotations through both the community health center and the VA. That that's kind of my hope. Um, they're both very competitive, but, um, after that, I, I, I really do want to do a, um, do a residency either with the VA or with the community health center right now, the community health center that's run by Dr. Lehman has uh, a pretty amazing program. Um, I believe it's you sign on for three years, um, during which you get your orthopedic diplomate, um, while working. Um, and this is a government-funded project. Both the government, both the VA and the community health center are government-funded. So there is the possibility you could have uh, loan forgiveness at the end of ten years working for them, um, which would be really nice. Um, but not only that, you know, the interdisciplinary approach is something that I've always wanted to be a part of. Um, so that's really my goal right now. Um, you know, I'm trying to develop those relationships and, and get the knowledge that I need so that I can be a competitive applicant for both of those. Um, both of those programs. If not, um, you know, uh, clinical practice as an associate somewhere um, is always an option. Um, I'd also love to teach someday. Um, I don't know how often that's or how soon that's going to happen. Um, but after getting my master's degree in health education, um, I think that, uh, you know, furthering um, the education of, of chiropractors and, and being an active participant in that is, is uh, it, it, it's, it's something that needs to be done. And, you know, it's it's always tough as a as a student to to kind of look towards the future in terms of educating the people that well I am right now. Um, 
but in talking to professors and people who have done something similar, I think it's, uh, it's, it's something that I really want to approach early in my career. Those two options sound really great. I mean, the community health uh, residency for three years, you start that, um, is it a nonprofit or is it just because it's a government funded? It's, it's, I believe it's a nonprofit. And so you get Um, that, that loan forgiveness. My last interview was with, uh, the student loan tutor and we talked how, about how important it is to start that process. Um, and for you, you know, you've, you said you've been published, you had, uh, some interest in neuroscience and I, I posted to Mm -hmm. Facebook recently, this just came across, uh, my, my screen, I guess, uh, that the Mm -hmm. national center for complementary and integrative health is offering to repay student loans if you are involved in research. So you'll get up to $70,000 of student loan debt over a two-year contract if your research uh, has something to do with with the NIH. So that's on my Facebook page. Uh, Listeners can go check that out if they are interested in in research. But man, if you could do those two things, do the community uh, Mm -hmm. residency and do a little bit of research and tuition would be gone by the time you're done. That would be amazing. That would be really nice. That that's that's kind of the goal. We'll see where life brings me, but um, I've got my fingers crossed. Where where does Bridgeport stand as far as tuition? Has it does it compare pretty similarly to the other schools you looked at? Yeah, um, it, it's right around the median as far as what I've seen. I believe tuition itself is thirteen or fourteen thousand per semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it is a semester based program. Um. It's a eight-semester program, four years that you do at Bridgeport, unlike the trimester quarters that you see at most other schools. Right. We had to do the semester program kind of to match up with the rest of the university, as that is what you know traditional universities usually do. Does that do. mean you have the summer off? Is there a big break? Uh, so you have you have summer off after first and second year, um, summers during uh, you know between third and fourth year. Um, are uh, you're still in clinic? You're doing rotations. Uh, one of your rotations. As a clerk. So that's interesting. So you'll be, I don't know how long your summer is, probably two, maybe three months. There's no classes, but you're in the clinic. Yes, I believe so. I'm not, I'm not there yet between third and fourth semester, sure. but I believe that's my understanding. Yeah, that's really interesting to have an opportunity where you're just really focused on patient care, on, on Absolutely. You know, practicing those skills. Um yeah, I, I hadn't considered that because the trimester and the quarter is so common. Um, but that would be a really interesting opportunity to just be able to focus on that without having to worry about uh, classes and worrying about the test that's coming up right after you see this next patient. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, um, well, great. Well, you mentioned one thing that you would like to change, which is having seminars uh, be available on campus. What is what is the the one thing that you just love about Bridgeport? Um, so to tell you the truth, I love, um, the small atmosphere that we have. Um, we have really, a, a, there's a family feel to the school. You know, my class is only, um, I think we have 26 in my class. You know, I've, I've gotten to know these people intimately and we're able to, you know, bounce ideas off of each other, help each other work, work together. Um, it's a very collaborative environment at University of Bridgeport in terms of both student to student and student to professor. Um, I've gotten to know all my professors very well, um, which has led to, you know, some opportunities that I've taken advantage of in terms of, uh, you know, conducting research and being involved in research projects that hopefully uh, will be published, you know, sooner in the near future. Um, 
and it allows me to develop these relationships, which hopefully, you know, I will be able to translate into, um, you know, career opportunities in the future. I think that is definitely something that you, that is a little bit tougher to do at the, the larger chiropractic schools. Um, and that's definitely an asset to UB right now, at least. So I'm, I'm curious because I'm, I've been interested in research and it sounds like you've done some publication planning on doing some, um, there doesn't seem to be a, a clear track for chiropractic students who are interested in research, but I'm curious for, from your experience, the little, the little you've done, what is one thing a student, a student could do now to start getting involved in that publication of research? I mean, for me, it just, it, it was simply going up to professors, you know, during uh, breaks, during lecture and after lectures um, and telling the professors that you are interested in research and that you want to get involved in the research process. Um, and they will usually point you to the right direction. Um, I was able to talk to both, you know, Dr. Pearl and uh, Dr. Matthew Funk about, you know, my, my goals in terms of wanting to, to continue to be involved in research. And they were able to, within a few months, we were able to start a research project. Um, you know, I found that most of these professors, especially at UB, are, are highly motivated and they want to, they want to help the students. Um, and if you show interest, they will, they'll put forth the effort to make sure that at least some of your goals, uh, can come to fruition. Um, so if you're interested in research, you know, put your hand out there, put, put your neck out there, say you want to get involved and then follow up on it and do the work, um, because it really is worth it. It's a very rewarding process. Um, going through the peer review process, you learn so much, um, I'm fortunate that I came in with a little bit of experience at least. Um, but just, you know, the experience that I've had so far in the past few months working on a, a few research projects has been, um, you know, immense in terms of, uh, my knowledge in the future and, and what I hope to bring to the chiropractic profession. Eric, it's been awesome talking, uh, and learning about university of Bridgeport. I've been wanting to learn more about it for quite some time. So I really appreciate you sharing your story and, and sharing your experience at the school. Before we head out, I do want to ask if you have a tick pick, so one resource that you would recommend to other students. Do you have anything in mind? Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, I originally I was going to say the the Chris books by by Dr. Donald Murphy, um, but those have been mentioned multiple times. So, so the one that really came to mind there's a book called How Doctors Think by Jerome Groupman. Um, this was actually originally uh, referred to me by by Dr. Stephen Pearl at UB. Um, and it is an amazing book. It gives real insight into um, why doctors think the way they think, how they think um, about certain projects uh, or clinical decision-making processes. And it, it's given me some insight not only into the, the, you know, the allopathic medical model, but how chiropractic physicians can take that same mindset and integrate it into the way we think and bring that to you know, a, a true patient-centered model. Mm, very interesting. I've heard, I've heard this recommended, uh, recommended, <laughs> recommended a number of times and I've been wanting, wanting to read it. So that's how doctors think by Jerome Groupman. I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, so if you're using a podcast app or some other podcast on your phone, you can scroll down or go to the website, exploringchiropractic.com. Well, good luck in the future. I hope you get one of those residencies and Thank you very much. And you'll be an awesome chiropractor. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dr. Cashin. Don't forget to try True Brain, the world's most tested productivity drink. 
Get a free trial at exploringchiropractic.com slash truebrain.